Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trana, pumped up for this week's episode. We have Troy Aikman from Fox for an interview, and uh, Troy was great, covered a lot of ground, had a lot of interesting things to say about the referee situation in the NFL. We got into his uh, viral tweet about Doug Gottlieb, and he reveals how the Fox higher-ups took that. Talked about working with Joe Buck and uh, got into a bunch of other things with uh, with Troy. He was great. So you will enjoy this interview, I'm sure. I just want to remind you, if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, please do subscribe. If you haven't listened to past episodes, we've had some great ones recently. Ryan Rosillo, who recently moved from ESPN to The Ringer, was on last week. Rich Eisen from the NFL Network and Chris Russo from SiriusXM and the MLB Network were on two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Chris Fowler, if you missed any of those, they were all... Uh, excellent podcast. They were all excellent guests, really all brought their A-game. So check those out. And uh, Troy Aikman brought his A-game as well for this episode. And we're going to go to that right now, right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, first time with me on the SI Media Podcast. He is Fox NFL analyst, top crew there with Joe Buck, Aaron Andrews. And of course, he is Troy Aikman. Troy, thanks for coming on. You bet. Thanks for having me. I know you're not a fan of podcasts, so I appreciate you. Uh. <laughs> well, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of podcasts. I actually considered doing a podcast uh, this year. I was I, I was approached. I've only done podcasts. I've right. never actually sat and listened to a podcast. Yes. So that streak is still intact? Uh, yeah, the streak is still intact, <laughs> as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you doing this, even though you don't listen to them. So I Listen, I do them, and I don't listen to many, so. 
Um, well, let, let's. Let, uh, I want to get into a bunch of things, but let's start with because we're taping this Monday afternoon, and we just got news that Roethlisberger is out for the season, and then Drew Brees is out uh, for a lengthy period of time with his thumb injury. Well, listen, injuries happen; they're a part of the sport. No sport; they're not a bigger part of any sport than the NFL. And when you have the quarterbacks go down, it really affects things. Uh, from a broadcast standpoint, when you see that, do you go and check to see when you have those teams and um, you know your, how your games are affected by that? I and mean, those are obviously two of the biggest QBs in the game. Um, no, not not really. I, I think that you know I look at it from a league perspective and and you know draw conclusions or you know opinions on how that may affect those teams as they go forward and you know, in their race to make it into the postseason. But for the most part, as it relates to me personally, uh, I, I'm, I'm on to really kind of the next game. You know, I hate to sound like Bill Belichick, but that's <laughs> kind of what, that's kind of what it is. And we, you know, we've got a game on Thursday night with the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's kind of where my focus is today. And then moving forward into the next one. And, but I, I just, you know, as someone who's obviously played and, and understands the impact that these injuries have on teams, especially as you just mentioned for quarterbacks, it's, uh, it's, it's really disheartening because, you know, it affects everybody. And it's not just that player who misses out on the season, uh, but the players who put in so much time are impacted by it as well as to what kind of season the team's going to have when you lose a quality player for an extended period like Breeze or, or for the season in Roethlisberger's case. I, I want to get into some broadcasting stuff, but w- one other thing while we, we talked about the injured quarterbacks thing on the NFL, I, listen, I know they have a tough job and it's not easy, and and they do get a lot of calls right with that are quick, big, fast athletes, but it does seem like the refereeing is really becoming an issue here. Um, you know, the NFL didn't do the referees any favors last year with the new right. roughing the passer rule, which we saw in the Chicago-Denver game, but they're getting it's one thing if you're missing a call on the field but they're getting things wrong it seems like am i over exaggerating here or what do you, what have you seen no, two weeks in no i don't think yeah no i don't think they're exaggerating at all. i think the, the officiating at a time when when we're trying to do you know we i say we the the league and the sport is trying to do all that it can to to get the calls right uh, there's more controversy than there's ever been before. And right. I've never been a fan of instant replay. I, I didn't like it when I was playing, and I didn't like it when it, when it returned. Uh, when the votes were made years ago to have instant replay and plays reviewed uh, as a part of our game, I, I just think that for the most part, the officials were doing a good job. There were times when I, I was impacted by the wrong calls, and, and there were times when, when I benefited from, from the wrong calls. But I think over time, it all kind of evens itself out. But I like what Bill Parcell said back at the time. He said if, if, if we can get all the calls right all the time, then he was in favor of it. But if, but if we can't, then he was not. And so we continue, now, we're, now we're reviewing pass interference. That's only complicated things from – from really the fans' perspective as to, okay, well, why isn't that pass interference? Why isn't that called? And, and it's, it's put these officials in a, in a really tough position. They're gun-shy, to be quite honest with you. I mean, the scrutiny has never been uh, as intense as it is right now. And I, I, I don't know how they correct it because I think in a lot of ways it's hard to go backwards. It's hard to go back and then, you know, 
instant replay is definitely a part of our game. I don't think we can ever just not have that. But we keep adding things to it. In addition to that, we keep adding player safety rules, which I'm all for player safety. But, you know, it's, it's hard. It's become really hard to call a game. I'm sure it's maddening to watch a game with all the penalties. It, it, it's rare that a play happens when there's not some kind of penalty that's thrown. And it's, uh, it's nauseating from my perspective, and, and, and I don't think anyone, uh, I don't think those in the game like it, and I certainly don't think the fans like it. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, listen, I you know, you have a wide receiver making a catch down the sideline, and I to me, I can totally see why you may miss if a toe is on the white and they're out of bounds and you review it. But, you know, what you had Sunday in the Rams-Saints uh, game where they're blowing a whistle on a fumble that they thought was an incomplete pass, and, you know, that's the stuff that seems to be getting worse and worse from my perspective on it. Yeah, and there are mechanics. Uh, you know, as we talked about in our game, the, the officials are instructed to let the play go. I, I think that that's easy when you're in New York and everybody's in a meeting room and they're talking about it. But I think, you know, you react when you're an official. You react when you're a player. It's human nature. And I think that's what happened in this game. Uh, the, the ball came out. The, you know, they thought it was an incomplete pass. They blew the whistle. Uh, and, and clearly, had they have just let it play itself out, uh, then they would have been able to at least correct it because of a scoring play, and even if it even if they don't score, uh, you know, then then there's a challenge that can be made, and and uh, you know, you don't like that. You, you like for these officials to get it right, but at least then there's a challenge that's made, and and if if it was in fact a fumble, uh, then they get the yardage that they got once they recovered it. So there's a lot of mechanics that are involved with it. I understand it. I probably have a better appreciation for what these officials are going through simply because we have Mike Pereira that's a part of our crew, and and uh, he's still very involved uh, with the league office and with the officials that are that are on the field. And uh, hearing him talk about the, the things and that they're having to deal with and what they're being asked to do, it's, it's a hard job, and there's a real – there's a reason why our youth, uh, it's, it's hard to find officials for, for the kids. You know, people just are not officiating like they once did. It's, uh, you know, no one wants to really get into that field uh, because it's, uh, it's a pretty much a thankless job at all levels. Yeah, and I guess now with media being the way it is and social media, and the uh, you make a bad call and the whole country knows about it right oh, away. It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's you, a tough deal. You you mentioned that the the, the 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 bad calls can sometimes affect you in the booth. How, how, how did you, what did you mean by that exactly? Well, what I what I what I mean is is just the 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 volume of penalties. It just it it just ruins the flow of a game. It ruins the flow of a broadcast and you know, every single time after a play, when you're getting starting to talk about something, then you got to stop, and and everything comes to a, a halt because you got to hear what the the officials are calling and what the penalty is, and you know how it's being administered. And um, I, I know that I, I it, there's very few games where I'm not just totally, uh, uh, well, I guess disturbs the right way to say it, <laughs> but just with the number of penalties that that come out, um, it's it's frustrating when I'm watching television on Monday night. Uh, or games, you know, other college games, the number of penalties that I see. It'd be, I think the NFL, I mean, I'm sure they have committees, but someone like you, uh, Hall of Famer, three Super Bowls, you'd think they'd get guys like you together and maybe f- figure out how to address this. I don't know, maybe they don't have the right people on it, but there's, like you said, it's replay's never going to go away, but there's got to be some something to do to tweak it. 
Uh, well, I can tell you that um, the officials, they, they come and they do a presentation for us at our seminar. All the networks have a seminar, and, and uh, Al Riveron and, and, uh, and his crew, they come to California where our seminar is held, and they do a presentation, and, and it's discussed. It's discussed at length. I'm sure it is with these other seminars and the other networks that uh, we've been very clear on the flow of the game, how how – you know, how is this good for the game of football? How is this good? How, how is this helping the product that, that we're asking consumers to view? And uh, so I think they know. I think they, I don't think there's any secrets. I think the league knows. I think the, uh, I think Park Avenue knows uh, where the networks stand, where a lot of the players stand. And, uh, but yet it was the coaches that uh, voted for the, the uh, pass interference. And, uh, you know, that, that hasn't been real well received overall, as best I can tell, um, on, on how that's being, you know, impacted. And, yeah, it happened because of the NFC Championship game, and, and it, was a, it was a bad non-call. We all understand that. But, I mean, geez, if we're going to – every time there's a call that goes against somebody, we're going to change the rules just to try to make sure it never happens again. I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm the one who's naive with it all. I just don't get it. I've never liked it and uh, probably never will. And the other issue too, is you have the, the games are affected. And then what people are talking about are exactly what we've been talking about for the past 10 minutes. And people are talking about the refs more than, you know, that's right. What's taking place on the that's field. Right. And that hurts the league yep. too. Uh, I want to transition into some, into some broadcasting stuff. I, I should have said at the top, um, Troy, along with Joe Buck, Aaron Andrews, Christina Pink, have the Thursday night football game. Uh, last year was the first year Fox took over the Thursday night package. Uh, game one for Fox on Thursday night is in week four, Eagles at Packers. This week we have to uh, suffer through our annual Titans-Jaguars game on the NFL Network. It's a yearly <laughs> tradition for the fans out there. This, they're getting it out of the way early this year, so at least it's meaningful. Usually they stick that at like week 12 when, you know get a night off to like do your christmas shopping or something but they get yeah it was a it was a little later yeah they they uh they got that one in a little bit sooner i know it's been a, a tough go again for jacksonville and uh you know tennessee though i will tell you that uh, uh i i do think that they're going to to be decent i, I think uh, I, I really like mike grable so i'm looking forward to getting a chance to visit with him and uh, we'll see how it all plays out on Thursday night. Yep, and then Eagles-Packers on Fox in week four. Yep. I've talked to J- – Joe's been on this podcast a couple of times. I've talked to him about doing the two games a week, adding the Thursday night game, and it did seem like last year as the season went on, you guys had more and more fun with it, and he said – and I didn't think of this, and I thought it was a really good point. Um, you know, when you're doing the games on Sunday, there's so many other games going on on Thursday night, you're the only show really. And right. it's a standalone game. And I'm just curious what your thoughts were doing the Thursday night game last year as you, and, and doing it this year and doing the two games a week. And, um, if you've enjoyed it. Yeah, I, uh, I really did enjoy last year and, uh, you know, we had some good games. We had some clunkers too. I think that's kind of part of Thursday night. Uh, it's hard for these teams. I think once a team starts to get behind, it's hard for them to rally on just a few days rest, especially if it's a road team. And, you know, so that, that's not always good. But I think in general, in terms of our broadcast, I, I thought, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun doing them. Uh, and, and, and like Joe said, 
I think it was it was it was what we probably needed at the time. Uh, it came at a good time, I should say, for us because you know Joe and I we're now in our 19th year. So last year, in our 18th season of doing Sunday games, and then all of a sudden to do primetime games, it's the only game on. Uh, it afforded us a little more time going into the game. Uh, we had you know I don't know 15, 20 minutes to to just get into different things leading up to the ball game. We've never had that kind of time. Uh, it just seemed a, a little looser than maybe some of our Sunday broadcasts. I think the primetime element lent itself positively to that. And so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Uh, but I think that when we when we have single headers, uh, when Fox does, we don't do the game. We don't do the Sunday game. So, right. so that was nice. That was a nice uh, break for me to be home from time to time on a fall weekend and being able to spend time with my family and watch – watch college football, watch NFL football on Sunday, just like a fan. That was, that was pretty nice. So I think that's what really made it all work. I think doing a Thursday, Sunday game, if we did that throughout the entire season, it'd be, it'd be way too much. Uh, you know, I, 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 wouldn't, I don't know that I could get through it. So um, we, do a, we do this game this Thursday, like you mentioned, and then we're off. Our, our first off weekend is coming up this Sunday. We've, we've, had, a, we've had a good run here with the opening night or opening day on Sunday then Thursday, then Sunday, yesterday, and then Thursday. So it's, you know, we've packed a lot of games into a few days. We'll get the weekend off next weekend, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm going through it in my brain. Did you go right from the field to the booth, or did you have any years off in between the end of your NFL career? No, I went, I went right into it. I, uh, I retired in 2000. Was, right. Well, 2000 was my last season. So 2001 was my first year out, and right. I – I went to work right away with Fox. Uh, Matt Mellon had just taken the job to be the general manager at Detroit. And so I was offered uh, an opportunity to step into the number two booth. I was working alongside a former teammate of mine, Daryl Johnston, and, and then Dick Stockton was our play-by-play guy. And, and one of the reasons, I think, Jimmy, that, that Matt left, it was a great opportunity for him to go to Detroit as general manager of the Lions, but I think he got tired of uh, being the number two guy behind Madden. Right. And, uh, and that didn't look like that was going to change anytime soon. Well, you know, after one year of broadcasting for me, uh, John's a good friend. He called me and said, this hasn't been announced yet, but I'm going to go to Monday Night Football on ABC. And uh, I thought, wow. And I, I, I didn't even think about how that might impact me. But uh, then they asked uh, Joe and I and Chris Collinsworth, we, the three of us got paired to replace Pat and John. So, you know, one year removed, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, I was in the number one booth, and uh, have been ever since. Now with Joe, we we I, we did three years with uh, with Chris before he left for NBC, and then uh, the last what sixteen years now, we uh, it's just been. Uh, uh, Joe and I. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget Collinsworth was part of that booth when you guys first started. And yeah, yeah, and um, it, and you had mentioned it, and I I had it written in my notes that you and you started in two thousand and one, and with Joe, and uh, it's amazing because I think most people still think of you guys as almost the newer crew out of those top crew. You know, Al Al Michaels has been doing this forever. Nance has been at TBS forever, but you guys, right. have been, it's crazy how long you've been doing it. But the reason I brought it up about going straight from um, your career into the booth is so then last year when you had those Sundays off when you did a Thursday night game and Fox only had a single header not a double header that th- uh-huh. those had to be your first Sundays home during yep. the football season since you were basically a kid that well that's right it was uh I, I I had 
I had one Sunday off, and I guess it was, or I should say, I had. It was my first. It was my first time to be to have Sundays off since I got into broadcasting uh, during a football season, and then on Thanksgiving, going to Thanksgiving. I've only had one Thanksgiving off uh in the since uh since i was 22 years old and that wow. was the first year i was broadcasting with fox when when madden did the the thanksgiving game i i didn't work the thanksgiving game on the number two crew and then the very next year i was back to doing thanksgiving games so i, I haven't been off on a thanksgiving but one time since i was 22 and then on a sunday to be home last year uh, it, it was a good feeling. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's been a long, long yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, I, I want to know, like, uh, what were you, were you, like, lost on that Sunday? Did you have, like, a good football setup, the snacks, the food, with the games? Were you oh, prepared yeah. For- no, yeah. I had. I wasn't <laughs> lost at all. I, <laughs> I felt right at home. I had all, you know, now I, now I totally get it that you wake up, and as soon as you wake up, you've got pregame shows on, and that goes right into then the early games, and then you've got the late window games, and you have the Sunday night game. And it's football, you know, all day long. And then finally, about 11 o'clock, you're saying, oh, okay, it's the end of the day. Let's go to bed. But, yeah, I had a, I'd cook out, I'd grill. My wife would make, you know, snacks and hors d'oeuvres and, and all that. The kids would be coming in and out. It was, it was great. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, uh, it's fun being a fan, you know, outside of yelling at the refs. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that, that has to be, that had to be wild when you finally get that, that Sunday off and, um, you know, you're able to enjoy the games like we do. Um, yeah. Joe, you and Joe, I, I feel like you guys have, really come so far and you and i think fans have i think joe gets some unfair stuff from fans i think it's more baseball than football but he's i think fans have really accepted him now and um you know in the nfl it's crazy because you know alan chris on nbc are great obviously romo came in and him and nance have, are, are great and romo's been the darling and you and joe i think everyone top team in the nfl do you feel like you've always like you've been improving every year? Do you feel like like when did you feel like you hit your groove with Joe? Because you guys are uh, you guys do a phenomenal job on Sundays. Well, thank you. I, I uh, you know Joe's for me anyway. Joe is right from the beginning. It was not hard, you know, blending with him. Uh, you know, for me, I, I think that. I think Joe's got such an ease about him, uh, and you just know where he's going to go or if he has more to say. And, you know, uh, I think we play off of each other, you know, very well. I think one of the reasons, too, Jimmy, that that it's worked for he and I is is we really are good friends, and and that was right from the start. Uh, I, I quit golfing about three years ago, but I, he and I used to golf all the, all the time. We'd go on golf trips together. We didn't play much when we were working for NFL weekends, but, uh, we would go in the off season. Uh, our, we, we both got divorced roughly around the same time. We both have, you know, girls, his are a couple of years older than what mine are. We went through those experiences and, you know, we've just shared a lot of personal experiences, uh, beyond what we've had in, in the broadcast booth. And I, and I think all of that is made for a really good friendship. And I think people feel that, uh, when they hear us in the booth and I wouldn't want to work with anyone else. Uh, I think he's awesome. I, you know, whatever criticism, I hear that from time to time, uh, that, you know, he gets, he gets criticized or the critics, but I, I, I don't get it. I, I think he's the best. Uh, he, he makes it seem effortless and it's far from it. 
he, he, he makes very few mistakes uh, ever. And uh, I just think he's extremely talented. And uh, uh, I'm fortunate to have been working with him as long as I have. Yeah, I, I, I especially, and I get a lot of, because I've had Joe on the podcast, I don't know, maybe I think three times. And I always get a lot of feedback from people saying like, you know, I didn't realize he was that funny or I didn't, you know, he, oh, I loved him so much right. on the podcast. And it's like, where have you guys been? I mean, the guy's got a great personality. He's very funny, very, very self-deprecating. He's as self-deprecating yep. as anyone in the business, which yep. is rare. So um, I get annoyed if people knock Joe Buck. So I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like though, yeah. I feel like a lot of people have come on now and, and get it now. Well, I hope so because he is, a, uh, uh, he, he is funny. I, I think that, you know, he has, uh, Joe works extremely hard at his craft. I think he's the, he's the type of guy who doesn't want anyone to know how hard he works. And he just, you know, wants it to feel like he just showed up and, you know, and he just is loose and having a good time. But it does, you know, because he is that way and, and he does keep things loose, it really helps within our broadcast booth as well. You know, yeah. I mean, some of the, some broadcast booths can, can be pretty intense and, and that's not the case with ours, but he's a fun guy to be around. Uh, he's a, he's a great friend. He's a great father. He's a great husband. And he's uh, one damn good broadcaster. That that whole bit I mentioned at the top where you said you'd never listen to a po- who, who listens to podcasts. I mean, that was because Joe sort of set it up and he kept it going a little bit. I mean, it was, you know, he, he can he can get in there and realize when something, you know, little uh, viral <laughs> moment could happen there, too, which is good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple of quick things, just random topics here. I'd love to get your opinion on and and go through a couple of things. Do you? I know that the announcers and the networks are still a little skittish of the whole gambling thing, but do you do you pay attention to the point spreads at all? I don't. I really don't. I mean, there'll be from time to time. Uh, I, I will. I will ask. Hey, what, what's the spread on this game? Just to for no reason other than just to kind of hear, uh, you know, what what the line was on whether whether Vegas thought this would be a a, a close ball game or not, you know. Right. But I but I I really do not um, I do not pay any attention. I don't look it up. It's not of interest to me. I'm not a I'm not a gambler. Right. I, I'll go to I'll go to Vegas a few times a year and I'll. I'll play a little blackjack and, and, and lose a few hundred dollars and be <laughs> mad at the world. You know I mean? It's just, it's not something. So no, I, I, I don't, I, I don't pay attention to it. So did, so I, so did you not know, I, hopefully I'm breaking this to you live right here on the SI media podcast, the Cowboys, your former team are 21 point favorites against the dolphins on Sunday. I, I, <laughs> I did not know that. Yep. 21. And, uh, that might, I, I, I can't recall in an NFL game. I'd be curious how many times in, in the NFL that the spread's been that high for a game. There, there've been higher. There've been a couple of 23s and 24s. It's rare. Um, but you know, well, I guess uh, what was, what was, what, I guess, uh, it, it would then cause me to ask how many was New England favored by this? 19. This past weekend. 19. They were 19, huh? Yeah. Was that game in Miami? Yes. Okay, well, I must explain. <laughs> well, and also, you know, Miami went from three points week one to zero points in week two, so <laughs> they're going backwards. Oh, they had 10 yesterday? Oh, my pretty, oh, week 10 points. They had 10 points in week one and zero points yesterday. Yeah, we had yeah. we had Miami in the preseason. Uh, we had Miami Jacksonville in the preseason, and, and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough day. It looked like uh, they were in for a long season. I, I, I think they knew that going in, and 
if they didn't know it going in, they, they know it now. This episode of the SI Media Podcast is sponsored by Legacy Box. Why do you need Legacy Box? Very simple. Get all your home movies and photos digitized. This way you can take that trip down memory lane, get into the parents' house, your basement, your grandparents' house, get all those old home movies and photos, and you digitize them with Legacy Box. You can save your family films and photos from degrading or being lost forever. Especially with those VCR tapes, people don't have VCR anymore, camcorders don't work anymore, so you can preserve those, and then you become the family hero. Bring back lost memories to watch and see again, and experience the joy and nostalgia of reliving the glory days with your family. Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box. They have over a decade of experience, and all of the work is done by hand right here in the USA. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, Legacy Box is offering SI Media Podcast listeners an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com save to get 40% off your first order. That's 40% off your first order. Go to LegacyBox.com save and save 40% today. Get started preserving your past. And this episode of the SI Media Podcast is also sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get the qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had a great candidate apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H, ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Um, I wanted to get your take. There was a controversy over the weekend with uh, Tim Tebow because he came out with a pretty passionate rant that he doesn't think college football players should uh, make money under any circumstances. Obviously, there's a, you're in California, so you you probably up on it more than me. But there's a bill. Uh, it's not about college football players getting paid to play. It's it's getting paid for endorsements and their likeness and in, in video games. And Tebow was a hundred percent against it. Quite a lot of flack for it. I'm just curious uh, what your take is on the college players and. Yeah, I'm not. As, I'm not familiar with whatever Tim said, but um, I, you know, there's very few things that I'm 100 percent on in life. You know, so I, I, I think when it comes to that one, I, I, I've been asked about that a lot. I, I know from my own experiences of having been a collegiate player, it's 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 not easy. I, I think the the room and board thing is great. Uh, there are a lot of perks and a lot of benefits to to being a student athlete at a major university. But I also know that the only time these these athletes can work uh, is in the summer. 
Right. And uh, and for and I, and I don't even know how feasible that is these days. I, I worked in the summer. I, I did not come from a wealthy family. Uh, what I made in the summer basically uh, was was expected to sustain me then once we got into the school year. And uh, I think that. For even some, for, you know, my parents could give me a, a little bit of money in addition to that, but it wasn't much. And you know, when you have a girlfriend and trying to take her to dinner, and you don't have really even enough money to do that or to go to a movie, uh, I, I think there's something wrong with that. And so I, I'm, I'm in favor of. Uh, I don't know how you. I don't know how you do it. I don't, I don't know how you figure it out to where uh, it's reasonable, and then it doesn't become something that that is taken advantage of in order to get recruits. And, and, you know, that's what people do. They, they're looking for loopholes in order to beat the system and, and, and field better players and better teams. But, but I am not opposed to, uh, in addition to room and board, student athletes receiving some type of stipend to where they can, they can at least be able to, to go do things that I think normal college kids can do. Yeah. I, I think Tebow's stance was that college football is supposed to be the ultimate team experience and it's not about I and if you're in it for money it's an I thing which again I mean the coaches are making millions of dollars so I mean how much how much I there's some I yeah, stuff I, in there already I uh yeah I uh, I, I hey I'm uh, I'm all for what Tim said in terms of team I I, I believe that I yeah. you know you do but uh I I don't know that I don't know that it's an I thing you know just because you're getting you're getting paid some some type of like I like I I, I say stipend just because it doesn't sound quite so strange. You know, it's kind of a, kind of like an allowance. But, yeah, uh, sounds very you know, formal. I, I, yeah, so I, I I don't know, but I, I think they could come up with something. There's you know the argument that hey, there's a, universities are making a lot of money and they're making a lot of money off the players' likeness, off their jerseys, and you know there's there's a, there's a lot of truth in that. Do I think that? The individual players should benefit based on you know them sell, you know selling the jersey uh, more so than some other kid who's not selling as many jerseys. I, I don't know that I would necessarily uh, be in favor of that, but I, I, I'm probably speaking out of turn altogether just because I don't really keep up with the collegiate game or what these student athletes are having to contend with these days. I, I want to be super nice because you're so kind to come on and, and give me your time. But there's such an obvious joke I can make about you not wanting to keep up with college athletics as a UCLA alum. <laughs> but that would probably be yeah, rude no. if I did that. Okay. Sorry about that, Troy. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm teed you up. I'd be disappointed in you if you didn't. It was just so. It was just so there to 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 you know. I mean, it's a depressing scene out there these days. Uh, yeah, I was there Sunday or Saturday. I was at the at the Oklahoma game, oh, and uh, it, was, it, it was we didn't put up much of a fight. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been challenging for sure. I'm a you know I was involved in the search committee that brought Chip Kelly in, and 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 I think I still believe he's an, an excellent coach, and and in time can get this thing headed in the right direction. But uh, th- there's no doubt that you know here through three games, it's been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, you know, I think we knew that Cincinnati might be tough on the road to open up, but then we had San Diego State, did not play well in that game, ended up losing for the first time to them. And then, of course, when the schedule even came out, we knew Oklahoma was going to be a challenge, maybe not quite to the extent that it was. But uh, we're a really young team, uh, and hopefully hopefully we can get it going. I, I know there are some challenges to uh, the, the program at UCLA, whether it's academic requirements or what have you, 
But uh, as someone who played on some really good teams at UCLA, some really talented teams, guys went on and had great careers in the NFL, I know it's possible. So uh, I'm hopeful we can get it going in the right direction here real soon. Sorry to bring that up. Um, yeah, no, no, I, so you're forgiven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, I might, I, you probably might not want me to bring this up either, but I have to bring up the um, Doug Gottlieb tweet. I, the, I just I need to know how much, if any, trouble did you get in with Fox higher-ups? When you sent that beautiful, uh, I, beautiful I, tweet, I, did, I received a couple phone calls. Yes, from uh, from some of my bosses, <laughs> and um, you know, I, I'm not real active on Twitter, to be quite honest with you. And, and uh, I was out of town, and I was in my hotel room. And I just thought oh, I was bored, and I just thought oh, I'll get on here and see what's happening on Twitter. And I, my, my replies, I, my, I had some replies, and usually I only get those, uh, you know, when people are screaming about my broadcasting after games. So I hadn't called a game in a while. And I, thought, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But what happened was Doug had, had sent out his his tweet, and pe- some people then copied me on it when they were replying because they said they were saying all the pain that I dealt with when I was playing in my career, and you know, and I hung in there. And I'm thinking, well, what was said? And and then I, so then I went and saw what, what Doug had said, and, and it just really struck a nerve with me, uh, I guess, be, for, for, for several reasons. But uh, I, I know Andrew Luck. I've covered him. Uh, the guy loves the game of football. He's a terrific guy. And I know a year ago when I talked to him before one of our games, when he had missed the season the year before because of injury and he said that he just found himself in a really bad place and he didn't like himself he didn't like who he was becoming during that year that he was away from football and trying to rehab his shoulder and and knowing that having seen his his retirement uh press conference which i thought he did a terrific job on especially he wasn't even supposed to give that press conference till the next day right and he did it right after the game i thought he handled it beautifully and and uh so i was just really disappointed in that you know I was I was disappointed that, that Andrew retired, but only because as someone who's as talented as he is, I'm disappointed I don't get to watch him play anymore. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I say, gosh, it's his life. If he doesn't want to play football, don't play. You know, go go live your life the way you want to live it. And I just felt that I felt Doug's comments were were out of line, and I I didn't intend for it to be personal with Doug. I, I know Doug. I've been on a show several times, and you know, I, I like the guy. I just. I just don't think that that, that the opinion uh, of what he's of what Andrew's dealing with uh, was really reflected yeah. uh, the way that it should have been. All right, stop what you're doing and look down at your left wrist because our friends at MVMT watches have got exactly what you're missing. MVMT has you covered with tons of quality, clean, and all-around good-looking watches and accessories that we can actually afford and order right from our couch. Do your wrist and wallet a favor and go check out their minimalist designs that you can have with no risk because they offer free shipping and returns. With over 2 million watches sold worldwide, MVMT has solidified themselves as one of the fastest growing watch brands out there. One of the great things about MVMT watches is they offer interchangeable watch straps so you can get anything to match what you're wearing that day. Always makes it look like you have a new watch, changes up the look, and they also have tons of sunglasses for you to pick out so you will always 
Look sharp with MVMT. MVMT watches start at just $95, so you're guaranteed to find something you love that won't break your bank. These guys are truly a ground-up entrepreneur success story. They understand living on a tight budget because they lived it too, and that's why they wanted to make quality products that are accessible to everyone. They've sold over 2 million watches across more than 160 countries, and their collections are always expanding just for you. Right now, SI Media Podcast listeners get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash SI Media. See why MVMT keeps growing. Check out their expanded collection. Go to mvmt.com slash SI Media and join the movement. One more time, 15% off with free shipping and free returns. mvmt.com slash SI Media. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Well, what what fascinated me as someone who, who covers media is that I said to myself, all right, well, Troy's kind of untouchable, so he could get away with this tweet, but he'll probably definitely get a phone call. But the tweet is still up, so it couldn't have been that, but you couldn't have gotten in that much trouble. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm still working, so I don't know. <laughs> you know well, that, that's what I'm saying. You could get I, away you know, with that I, tweet. When you say that much trouble, I, I don't. I don't know exactly. You know, I don't have any bruises or anything on this. You know, I don't know what what exactly might have happened. I, I don't know about. I don't know about untouchable. I I, I will say that I, I've just tried over the years. I've just tried to be honest, and uh, and I and I don't go looking to jump into the fray by any means. And, and you probably know that, but. Right. You know, if I have an opinion on something and feel strongly about something, then I'll then I'll say it, and whatever the consequences of that are, they are. Um, I, I think I think Fox. My, I have great bosses, and 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 I will tell you that uh, they they were great in how they handled it, uh, not because 
they handled it the way I wanted them to handle it. I think they were very direct with me and honest, and, and I've always respected those kinds of people. And so uh, I, I came away from it. Uh, they respected the fact that I, that I was honest. Um, they did not like that, that I would say something about the company. I understand that, um, and, and, and I appreciate the way that they uh, discussed it with me. And uh, the tweet's still up. I don't know how many people go back, and, and I, I can't imagine well, anybody's read it. Oh, I'll tell you. I don't, you know, I'll I don't know how those things work. Again, I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not all that well versed in social media. Well, well, I am. So I'll give you a couple of couple of things on this. Uh, this tweet has four hundred and ninety one thousand likes and sixty eight thousand retweets. Now, maybe because you're not a big Twitter guy, you don't grasp that. But those are monster numbers of epic proportions. So a lot of people obviously were on your side on that. Um, and I, I, in my, I have a column every day on SI.com and I wrote about this tweet. And um, when you finish the tweet with, guess that keeps you employed at FS1, period, nice, period. I wrote that you closed it out like Mariana Rivera in his prime with the <laughs> Yankees. So I knew Fox would probably... That FS1 line would probably not fly with the higher-ups, so um, it was a job well done by you, though, I must say. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure I should say thank you or not, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's safe to say you won't be seeing that kind of tweet again. Yeah. So. <laughs> when you sent it, were you, when you sent it, did you, in your head, realize, like, oh, this guy works for the same company, and you just let it flow? Or did it not even, you just saw this awful tweet by him, and you just responded? I just saw the I just yeah. saw the tweet and responded yeah. and and, uh, and 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 just didn't like, you know. I, I responded how I responded. I responded honestly, and it's how I felt. Yeah, yeah. It's got. I mean, listen. When you're a guy who works for Fox and you have the FS1 shows and and cast of characters that they have, that has to be tough. But I will not ask you to respond to that because that's not fair to you. So we'll move on. Um, okay. That's my opinion. I don't want you to get another phone call. <laughs> um, before, a couple of, you know you mentioned about you know you're not active on social media and you hadn't broadcast the game and so you knew something was up and you mentioned you usually get a lot of tweets when you are broadcasting the game you know Joe gets the thing where you know everyone thinks Joe hates his team do you get to still get a lot of your bias for the Cowboys nonsense from people or is that just a social well, media thing you ever hear that in person I, I don't, you know, most of what you see on Twitter or social media in general, you never hear in person. I mean, because right. people, people are willing, you know, there's a lot of bravado on social media. <laughs> what people are, people are willing to say that, that you would never say those things to someone's face. But what I get, Jimmy, is uh, I get Cowboys fans who think I'm too hard on the Cowboys, and then I get the other fans. Uh, it's more divisional fans. So it'd be more Eagles, Giants, Redskins fans who think that I'm a homer for the Cowboys. And, right. and which is, which is fine. I mean, it's, it, it, it is what it is. And I don't, I don't lose any sleep over any of it. I, I don't, I don't feel, uh, I like that the Cowboys are good in, in, in this profession. I like when the Cowboys are good. Cause that means I get some home games, but whether they win or lose, it does not impact my life or my job um as a former player 
do, do I like to see Dak Prescott play the way he has and Jason Garrett have success as a former teammate? Yeah, I mean, yeah. but I've got relation. You know, I, I I've gotten to know Andy Reid really well. So when the Chiefs play well, I'm happy for Andy Reid. I'm happy for North Turner. Right. Whenever Carolina does something good, so it, it's I, I, you know I don't go into games rooting for some team to win. What I find myself doing is. If a team's down by 14 points, then then I find myself kind of pulling for the team who's down so we can make this a game and let's keep it interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. And that may that maybe that comes out at times. Um, I, I'm not so sure, but uh, I know that the, the other part the other part of this is, you know, Michael Irvin is unabashed about <laughs> his support of the Dallas Cowboys, but he's a studio guy, you know, and and all those studio guys are like that. Michael Strahan's like that with the Giants and. And it's just the, the the way that it works. Well, you can't call a game like that. And I think some fans, they hear Michael and they think that's how I'm supposed to be when when I'm on the air. And if if you know if a cowboy player uh, if he pass interferes and I say yeah that was pass interference, you know some people are screaming like well, how can you say that you know you're a traitor. <laughs> right, right. Okay? You know, so that's just I, I don't. I, I honestly do not. I'm not impacted um, by by any of that type of stuff. I, I do the job the best I can, and, and that doesn't mean that I always feel like I did a great job. I mean, when I when I go on Twitter and I don't I don't read a lot of it. But after games, I'll kind of just flip through it a little bit and see what's said. And and sometimes there's uh, there's there's comments and you're like, you know what? Hey, they're right. Uh, it's it's good constructive criticism. You say, you know what? I didn't I didn't handle that very well. I was wrong on this particular thing or. You know, and then so you you can use it as a as a teaching tool, but I think that um, you do have to have pretty thick skin if you're going to yeah. go through there and, well, and read some of these comments following a broadcast. I, I, I like how you're not a big Twitter guy, but then you'll go on after a game. That's the worst time to. That's if I was if I was a friend of yours, I'd be like, that's the last time you should go on Twitter is after a game. You should that that's when the yeah you know, people no, are most vicious. Right, yeah. and and I don't I don't spend like I said I don't spend a whole lot of time. I guess. Uh, uh, that's when I have my most replies. Yeah, I yeah. Kind of, I, I, I look at them and, and, and then just clean it out, and then kind of, and then after a day or two, then it's just back to normal. Well, and, and, and you know, and the bottom line is, no matter listen, whether you're an ex cowboy, not an ex cowboy, or whether you're biased, not biased, or whatever. The bottom line is, if you are at Fox and you work for Fox NFL, you want the Cowboys to do well because there is nobody better for business and ratings than when the Cowboys do well. So I mean, that's just. A fact of the business. Well, that's that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a fact. I yeah. mean, I think the, the my bosses, the, the same ones who called me after my tweet, <laughs> they 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 understand that when the Cowboys are relevant, it helps with their ratings. When the Giants are, right. you know, the big market teams, it's it's good for Fox. It's good for uh, it's good for their revenue. Speaking of the business and Fox and the revenue, we'll we'll end this uh, we'll end on this fun note because I've I've had fun with Joe with this and and Aaron as well. Uh, you guys now get the WWE SmackDown uh, starts on Fox October 4th. And I've said many times that you're going to basically Thursday night football. You will hear about SmackDown incessantly <laughs> on Thursday night football. Uh, are you a wrestling guy? I mean, I, I know Fox probably wants you to say yes, but are you a wrestling guy at all? Is this? Are you looking forward to this partnership? Could we see you maybe doing a little uh, gimmick with the WWE at some point down the road? Joe's all for no. it. Joe's into it. Joe, yeah, I, uh, Joe and I haven't even talked about it. I, I don't think you will, and the reason I don't think you will is, uh, you know, I did some commercials with Hulk Hogan uh, for for a few years, and and got to know him really well, and and uh, I was 
huge fan of his. You know, ever since Rocky Three, I've been you know looking up to Hulk Hogan and 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 his theatrics and and his showmanship, and then to do commercials with him and see how he can kind of just turn it up whenever he wants to is really impressive. I mean, he's a, he's a true pro, and so in getting to know him and then talking to him about the the, the business, I, I found myself really fascinated by it. I, I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch a lot of other sports in general until it gets to be the postseason. You know, I don't watch much basketball until the playoffs. I don't watch much baseball until the World Series and the postseason there. And it's just there's so many games. And, it, and I guess with wrestling, it's kind of the same way. I, I've never really watched much wrestling. Uh, but Hulk Hogan asked me one time if, if I would do something with him. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me some other guys had done it. He said Jay Leno did it one time with him. He said it's great. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I just said, I just, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> that's, I think that's really kind of out of my element right there. I don't know that, I don't know that that's really what I need to be doing. And so I just uh, respectfully declined, but it's a, it's a really popular sport, obviously. I mean, I, I've got friends who are just fanatical yeah. uh, about wrestling, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll certainly watch. I look forward to it. Um, I, I don't know any of the characters macho man used to be a guy that i that i really liked uh, you know um but i i don't know the characters out there now that are that are wrestling but i'm sure that with it being on fox and with us promoting it i'll get a chance to uh get to at least get familiar with yeah. some of these some of these people and watch it a little I, bit more i was gonna say you'll get very familiar with roman reigns when you yeah. have to say his name every <laughs> thursday about 20 times so yeah. Uh, oh, I appreciate you coming on and doing this and uh, had fun and um, enjoy the rest of the season. Like I said, uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews, Christina Pink, Thursday Night Football. They go to Fox in week four with um, the Packers and who was it again? I forgot already. Uh, the Eagles. The Eagles. And then this week, yep. of course, we have the Titans and Jaguars, our annual tradition of, of those two teams. So enjoy that. <laughs> and... Uh, Thanks for coming on, and uh, you know, don't listen. You may, I think you're an untouchable. You may not, but if you don't hesitate to ever fire off another one of those tweets at someone, it was it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> Thanks, hey, Jimmy. I appreciate you having me on, man. Anytime. Thanks, Troy. Appreciate it. Take okay, care. You bet. You okay. bet. Bye bye. All right. My thanks to Troy Aikman. Enjoyed that interview a lot. Hopefully, you did too. Um, if you can, if you're a first time listener here, please subscribe. Even if you're not a first-time listener, if you're not a subscriber, you must subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. It's so important. It helps me tremendously. You can also rate and review it if you have not already. And uh, also, past episodes, if you enjoyed this one, Ryan Rossillo, who recently moved from ESPN to The Ringer, was on last week, two weeks ago. Rich Eisen from the NFL Network, Chris Mad Dog Russo from SiriusXM and the MLB Network, and uh, three weeks ago, Chris Fallis from ESPN. So, those are all in the archives. If you've missed those, check them out. And like I said, please hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. 
If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.